everyone. Welcome to another episode of Comedy History 101. I'm Harmon. We have a brand new episode for you today on the history of fake Charlie Chaplins. Oh, that sounds intriguing. And before we jump into the episode, a few things to plug. Next Friday, March 6th, at the People's Improv Theater in New York City, I have my show, Jokey Yes, stand-up comedy karaoke in a three-round game show. It's 11 p.m. at The Pit, the People's Improv Theater. Also next week, Scott and I have a big announcement. Our latest film has made it into a major film festival that we can't tell you the name of until it's announced next week. Also, take time to like comment, and subscribe to Comedy History 101, either via our website, Comedy History 101, or Stitcher, or iTunes, or Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody Comedy History 101. Okay, so uh, what we have is a man who looks like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah. He's hitting people. Uh-huh. Uh, he's twirling his cane. Uh, but how, how much? You how think much? it's Charlie Chaplin. Okay, but uh, it's not quite Charlie Chaplin. It's... Not Charlie Chaplin. Okay, is this, was this is this the the not Mexican? Is this the Mexican Charlie Chaplin? Don't, no spoiler alerts. No oh, okay. spoilers. Right. So what you just heard there was the uh, soundtrack to a clip from a movie by comedian Billy West, who is known for being the best Charlie Chaplin impersonator. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History One Hundred and One. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon. With me, as always, Scott Kalanico. How are you? Pretty good, Harmon. It's uh, the last of winter over here on the other side of the pond, so, you know. Blah, 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 what? winter. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hunkered, hunkered down in the bunker. That gets kind of funny because it's Berlin. So, so, Scott, when you hear the name Billy West, what comes to mind? Um, certainly not Charlie Chaplin. Actually, nothing. Apparently, there was some other Billy West who was a voiceover actor who was kind of famous. So if you Google Billy West, that's usually who comes up first. Yeah, but today, our episode today here on this podcast, our episode, the topic is the history of fake Charlie Chaplins. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Charlie Chaplin, uh, he came to America via London in the music hall. He skyrocketed to fame. People couldn't get enough of Charlie Chaplin. So you know, roughly around so roughly around 1917, uh, Charlie Chaplin arrives to Hollywood, built his studio on Sunset Boulevard and La Brea Avenue, and America just couldn't get enough of Charlie Chaplin. So 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 what what what, what did they do? The 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 film companies. For, for for to to satisfy America's appetite for Charlie Chaplin. 
Well, Harmon, it's like you're from New York. You know how it is when you go down to Chinatown. You see all the knockoff bags, man. If people can't get enough, if there aren't enough Prada bags, people will step in and fill the gap with fake Prada bags, which is what happened in Hollywood in the 1915, 1917, 1918 era, is that they uh, produced um, not only one, but a few different Charlie But the most famous of them all was a man named Billy West. When Charlie Chaplin uh, mania exploded, Billy West was living in Chicago. Uh, He tried his hand at being a Chaplin imitator at a local parade. It was such a hit that he was hired to perform in vaudeville. So essentially, he stole Chaplin's cane, derby hat, costume, mannerisms, and the audiences kind of... If you look at the films, you can't really tell the difference right off the bat. Yeah, and the, then they kind of pushed it where they would start calling like his films like Charlie, like there's like Charlie's Day Out, and they were like kind of. So apparently, there was I was reading about this like a lot of the Chaplin films actually weren't copyrighted, like you know mm-hmm. we were talking about the 1915 or whatever. So people would start cutting out you know different parts of them and drop it in a fake Chaplin or what have you. So there was a lot of uh, Chaplins going around at that time. Yeah, so um, some of Billy West's films, he came into uh, sort of uh, being known around 1917. So Chaplin had films called like Doe and Dynamite, The Tramp, A Night's Out, A Night Out, um, The Champion. And Billy West had comedies called Donuts, The Hobo, <laughs> His Day Out, his married life, <laughs> yeah. the hero, and the millionaire. Yeah. So Instead I mean, I of think, the counts. <laughs> yeah, I think th- this kind of this stat kind of sums it up because um, you know Charlin, you know Chaplin was known as kind of a perfectionist. Not only would he be in the films, he would he started doing some of the. Um, uh, the scoring for some of them, you know, some of the music mm-hmm. for them. Um, but it's like this, this stats kind of says it all. In 1918, you know, kind of at the height of his popularity, Charlie Chaplin released only three short films. And that same year, Billy West started 15. So he was out Charlie Cha- Chaplin and him by what? What, by five? Yeah, and they would actually be released as Charlie Chaplin films in some towns. And and actually, when it made it to the home movie market, um, some were just labeled as Charlie Chaplin pictures. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to the whole, that's what I was talking about, how the whole, like, the, the copyright issue was not, you know, people weren't, it wasn't like it is today. So, yeah, a lot of that stuff would happen like that. Well, it's just crazy because this is like, you know, this is the very early cinema and the rise of the movie star. And the first thing that cinema did, you know, once it started gaining traction was, you know, just completely just, you know, ripping off other popular things. That was like the initial go to. Right, yeah, you know, just kind of from your your uh, vaudeville and whatnot, and just kind of throw that up on screen. I th- I, th- I think for me, um, uh, before we move on, what's interesting is that Chaplin and um, Billy West actually kind of had the same background. Uh, Chaplin came from London, kind of mm-hmm. a, spo- a kind of a, spo- a poor background in London. His uh, parents were vaudevillians. His dad was a little bit of a drinker, kind of drank himself to death, and his mom went crazy apparently. So um, she was in and out of institutions. They, they grew up in the poorhouse, as they call yeah, they it, or the, the workhouse. Yeah, him and his brother, like more, sir. You know, like Oliver Twist. Yeah, Oliver Twist. Uh, his brother like, is for real. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then um, Billy West kind of had the uh, same thing. He was actually born as Roy Weisberg in the Russian Empire to a Jewish family. And they, they immigrated to Chicago in the late 1800s. And he also got a start in vaudeville, as uh, you were saying, um, and then also um, found fame as uh, Charlie Chaplin impersonator before, before he was even in the movies. Yeah, so he actually appeared in a few films before he took on the Charlie Chaplin guys, you know. His first film was called Apartment Number 13 in 1912. So he had a five-year run of doing films before he found the formula of uh, just ripping off Charlie Chaplin. And again, it was, uh, and here's another tie-in that we'll lead to, is when this came up like on my YouTube feed, you know, and it was titled as... Charlie Chaplin film, and I, I looked at it, and you know, I've seen most of Charlie Chaplin's film, so, and I was like, "What? Why haven't I seen this before?" <laughs> and, and you, like, right off the bat, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, no, you can't. When you see him, you're just like, "Yeah, who, who, this guy seems pretty familiar," and and he, he kind of had his mannerisms down. Um, I think one of the the, the things that, that critics would point out would that mm-hmm. um, he kind of not only did he have Chaplin's look, he kind of had his persona down as well how he was always getting in trouble from the cops and yet he would kind of do these uh, escapes from the cops but with a with a, with a you know um, agility as well like Chaplin yeah he tried to show like the empathy of the character right but exactly. another another big claim to fame of you know that puts Billy West on the map was his co-star yes yeah. that's right <laughs> the films all co-star pretty much all co-star a lot of them yeah one Oliver Hardy. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver Babe. Was it Babe, Babe Hardy? Um, yeah, who would later go on to fame uh, with Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, so, uh, well, first, uh, you know, in Charlie Chaplin's films, there was the, the great villain character uh, played by Eric Campbell, kind of like the big heavy guy. So, in the Billy West version of the Chaplin ripoff films, uh, Oliver Hardy took on the character of the big heavy guy often like strangling his him yeah, around the yeah. neck and all those kind with, of crazy with, silent film kind yeah. of you know mannerisms with big bushy big bushy mustaches <laughs> yeah but another thing which uh ties into laurel and hardy you know again this is like uh you could see the early seeds of oliver hardy but he didn't have down like all he was more like over the top with his mannerisms where like laurel and hardy hardy was kind of very subtle with his mannerisms right yeah uh, but here in this, you know, he's still getting his, uh, you know, comedy chops together. But he's just like all his mannerisms are like just way over the top. So he was still kind of, so it's interesting to watch where, you know, Oliver Hardy's still kind of, you know, learning his skills. But yeah. another thing that ties into uh, Laurel and Hardy is that uh, Charlie Chaplin's understudy when they were touring in vaudeville was one. Stan Laurel, and they were oh. actually roommates. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm blowing your mind. Oh man! But it's, it would be better if it was Billy West, but it's not. What Billy West was his roommate or his yeah. understudy? <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
So, um, you watched a few films. Tell us about uh, Fake Charlie Chaplin and Oliver Hardy in The Hobo. Oh, well, The Hobo, if you're going to watch one of these films, I would recommend The Hobo. They actually, you can find that on YouTube, and you can find some versions that are colored, uh, which kind of makes for interesting viewing in some of the light. Do you of like the colorized the sort of uh, version um, of these well, films? Well, let me talk let me talk about a specific gag that's in one of these films. Let's just say it was a very unwoke moment for uh, 1917. Was that where uh, uh, Billy West fake Chaplin, uh, this is uh, the first thing you see is Oliver Hardy stuffing his face with sausages. So there's that gag there. You get a lot of uh, face stuffing and mm-hmm. pancake eating. Such as I, I saw that gag. So, so the gag is a uh, large man can't get enough of eating. Yeah, that's so we've <laughs> that's got that. That's the comedy premise there. I'm, that's kind of a lot of a lot of these <laughs> silent movies are kind of like that. Um, yeah. But like this one gag is, let's see, there is um, an African American family that steps off the train, uh, but they're not actually. They just somebody has colored their faces, and they have a lot of children packed into a box, <laughs> and Billy Billy West pays them by giving them a watermelon. So that's yeah. kind of the, yeah, that's kind of the level. <laughs> well, there's a couple. There's a couple of problematic uh, uh, moments in the 1917 silent film, The Hobo, which is a ripoff of Chaplin's The Tramp. Right. And first of all, just let's pay homage to the hackery of yeah. that. Like Chaplin's big film of the time was The Tramp, and so Billy West comes out with a movie called The Hobo. Yeah, he's kind of like it's like a pre-Roger Corman kind of, you know, where those AIP pictures were jumping, you know, the gun on the big studios where he was doing that. Um, yeah, the other, and, and, the other, and the production company of the time, just to give it a little shout out, was uh, King B was the production company the, of and the here, Hobo. Yeah, and, and here's the – but the even more beyond that, it was like West – um, you know, because he was they were pumping out a lot of these films, and so he needed lots. Of yeah, one a week, a two reeler a week. Yeah, and that's but what he the people he hired is he hired a lot of people who used to work with Chaplin, like uh, Chaplin's gag writers, some of his co stars, <laughs> um, and then the point uh, I was reading this uh, very well written mm-hmm. article um, was saying that. Uh, that uh, West was emulating Chaplin so carefully that he'd slept with his hair in curlers and he learned how to play the violin left-handed. Yeah, and uh, just to name some of those co-stars, one I sort of just remember from uh, watching a lot of Charlie Chaplin films, Max Swan, who was always in a lot of uh, uh, Chaplin silent films. Okay. Yeah, I just 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 for the people that are keeping track. Right. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, but Charlie Chaplin, uh, what was his reaction to uh, Billy West? Well, see, here's the other thing because um, so Chaplin had a studio over on Sunset, and then at the same time, literally at the same time, uh, Billy West was working in Los Angeles, and his studio was at um, uh, 1329 Gordon Street, which is like about a mile and a half from the Chaplin studio. So um, they were occasions where the two film crews would run into each other when they were filming things. And so this is a, a sto- this is a story that Chaplin's, uh, one of the Chaplin's, um, actually reported not by Chaplin, and was reported to a historian, the historian Kevin, Kevin Brownlow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the unit production manager uh, during a set, uh, during a shoot uh, for Billy West, he said that one day they were out in the street shooting and Charlie Chaplin came by, saw them shooting, and saw Billy West doing his version of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> and uh, uh, and Charlie pl- paused to stop and uh, told Billy West, he said, you're a damned good imitator. Yeah, but that was a difference. I think uh, like a review back in the day was – uh, you know, you, when you see Billy West, you see Charlie Chaplin, um, it's the difference between talent and genius. Yeah. I mean, this is... Because um, he's good. He's damn good. Because I yeah. thought, you know, if you watch it, you, you actually think it's Charlie Chaplin. And it's kind of yeah. just so surreal. Because yeah. Especially if you're a film fan and seen, you know, most of Charlie Chaplin's movies. Or, and if you're like, you know, you're not talking, you're not dealing with people who've watched 10,000 hours of YouTube, you know, at this time. So, like, a lot of times people would just, you know, see one or two movies maybe a year, maybe in their life, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be sophisticated enough to tell the difference between... Um, Billy West and Charlie Chaplin, you know, it makes yeah. you laugh. It's enough. And, and Chaplin was a perfectionist, and you know, just would take his time, you know, uh, directing his films. And but they were just, and, and then Billy West was just cranking out one a week. <laughs> yeah. So this is another kind of an interesting um, uh, tidbit. Um, this is actually from an article in a 1919 magazine called Pictures and Picture, Picture Goer. That's, that's the old timey names. Pictures and Picture, Picture Goer. Picture Goer and the old wireless. <laughs> hey, a line. Grandfather's mustache. Wire coming in. Uh, <laughs> and, and the article is titled, quote, Funniosities in Charlie's Mail. Um, one of Charlin's, uh, one of Chaplin's most memorable letters came from a fan who said, quote, the fan said, the fan said, quote, he would enjoy it more if you would be yourself and not always trying to be. Let me try it one more time. <laughs> the fan who said, quote, he would enjoy it if you would more be yourself and not always trying to imitate Billy West. <laughs> and apparently. So that's a, to Chaplin? <laughs> yeah, to Chaplin. Chaplin got that in the letter. And so apparently, Chaplin, uh, the writer Elsie Cod, reported that Chaplin kept the letter <laughs> so, so he wouldn't get a big head. Yeah, yeah. So another funny twist to the Billy West story was um, I think like all these small production companies just kind of kept going out of business. So by 1919, I think it was a production company called Bullseye that was producing uh, the films of Billy West, the fake Charlie Chaplin films. And Billy West ended up suing them because Bullseye claimed that they owned uh, the Billy West character. Right, right, Which in right, turn yeah. was yeah. just Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah. And then Billy West struck back by saying, for 10 years I've worked earnestly in Cecily, both on stage and screen, to make my name a valuable trademark. I do not intend to allow others to profit by my labor. I am now <laughs> under contract to the Emerald Motion Picture Company, produce genuine Billy West comedies, and I positively <laughs> declare that no other company has the right or title to my name says fake Charlie Chaplin. Right, but how did he sign? How did he sign? This is the best part: is that he signed the letter. Use <clears throat> yours for truth and fairness. The only and original Billy West. Yeah. So again, though, uh, he wasn't the only fake Charlie Chaplin at the time. So what Bullseye Films did was <laughs> they got another fake Charlie Chaplin to play. Billy West playing Charlie Chaplin. They got a comedian named Harry Mann. Okay, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and, and Chad, um, 
uh, Billy West actually moved into kind of doing. He kind of dropped doing the uh, the Chaplin impression and started doing his own two reelers or started doing his own shorts. Um, he kind of took took like took a nineteen twenties guy with his uh, you know straw hat and and the funny thing is though he kept the mustache. Well, he had like a penciled mustache, like kind of like a you know dapper kind of a uh, character. Uh, I watched the, the one I watched where he, he, he kept the Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah, he, he has got the Hitler mustache <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So um, he went no, on. no. Here it is. Yeah, it's, it's yep. sorry. Yeah, no. Here's the short. If you want to see it on YouTube, it's called Hard Boiled Yeggs <laughs> from oh. 1926. Yeah, and he's play. He's. Uh, He's still got the mustache. He's got still got the Hitler mustache, Hitler slash Chaplin mustache. But now yeah. he's like dressed like nineteen twenties dandy. Yeah, but he he went on besides uh, you know going on and creating a different character, which by the way he never rose to to the heights that he had in fame that he had playing fake Charlie Chaplin. He also became a film director and he also uh, directed a number of comedy shorts starring Oliver Hardy. From 1922 to 1928. Yeah, so and he had like a lot of walk-ons, and he also um, he has a bit. He has a probably the one film that most people might have heard of as is he has a bit part as a reporter, and it happened one night. The one with Clark Gable. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that. But again, uh, just another film trivia is that uh, he co-starred Oliver Hardy in the films he directed with. Another comedian who would later become famous called, uh, named Charlie Chase, which, uh, you know, I'm familiar with some of his stuff. He was kind yeah. of like one of the big deals of the day. Okay. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with being um, a big deal back in the day. And I'm pretty sure this trivia fact is true, that Laurel and Hardy actually made more silent films than uh, talkies. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I would believe that. Yeah, but they're, the talkies are what, you know, yeah. gets all, he gets all mad at them. <laughs> but if you watch the early uh, Laurel and Harley films, it's very minimal on uh, dialogue. Mm-hmm. So they were like the they took a lot from silent film, and you know they were you know and if you look at like uh, the great silent comedians, like very few kind of made the transition well. Like like Buster Keaton, you know, we don't really remember much of his like uh, talkie films. From early on, he was like paired with like Jimmy Durante, like the mm-hmm. film studio paired him with Jimmy Durante, which <laughs> I think that was like Buster Keaton's biggest alcoholism days. He, like okay, his yeah. wife sued him, took their house, and um, Buster Keaton was living in a trailer on the lot. <laughs> to oh, God. Just be an alcoholic and have to co-star with Jimmy Durante, oh, which he God. hated. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound like fun. Um, so, yeah, and no one, he- no one else isn't fun. Uh, Billy West, uh, so, you know, he ended up being the manager of Columbia Grill Restaurant. You know, that could be fun. But he died on July 21st, 1975 at a heart attack, leaving the Hollywood racetrack in Hollywood, California. Mm, That's sad. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he stopped acting in 1935. I did some research, so I'm thinking from what I kind of dug up, I think the Columbia Grill Restaurant was actually the on-site or an on-site on-site restaurant at Columbia Studios. Oh wow! Okay, so uh, he yeah, was still and he was kind of still uh, working in the industry, more or less. 
So again, that was the most famous of Charlie Chaplin impersonators. Uh, shall we segue to a, a lesser, like, let's go down the rung a little bit? Well, well I mean, this is kind of my, my favorite named one, Armin. That would be, that would be Char- Charlie Applin. <laughs> Yeah, so it's crazy that uh, the Billy West movies were so popular and that Billy West moved on, you know, to another company that one of Billy West's old uh, uh, production companies, I believe it was Sanford Productions, uh, Uh hired a Mexican actor named Charles Amador and Uh he changed changed (laughs) his name for the films to Charlie Applin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's like having movies with like, uh, uh, you know, Ben Manfleck, yeah, <laughs> Brad Snit, you know? just having it's like, like a, it's like a porn name, or yeah, 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 just having, and um, so there's, so he only made one film called The Racetrack, which was a ripoff of uh, one of Charlie Chaplin's earliest film, Kid Auto Races at Venice. And there's only what we could find was a still of that movie. And I, I believe, like, um, the movie ended up being burnt, like, all the negatives of it because a big court case ensued. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's actually interesting. So we'll put, we'll put this uh, – we found a couple of pictures. We'll put them up on the website at ComedyHistory101.com so you can see for yourself. You, you make the call about the fake um, Charlie Chaplin. So in um, – and in the trial, uh, the trial trial was um, uh, trial started. Th- that film came out. So the, the film came out in nineteen twenty, right? And then the the trial started at. Do we have what the date is? I see when the trial ended. I don't know what date it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have when? That? When did it end? Uh, well, so the film the the, the trial ended on. Um, it actually went to the Supreme Court, so and that was in 1928. So Charlie Chaplin sued, um, actually the film company, or, or he, no, he filmed that. He, he sued fake Charlie Chaplin, uh, Amador, and uh, claimed he filmed Billy West or Charlie Applin got sued. <laughs> no, no, Charlie Applin got sued, um, Amador. <laughs> so he he he. Uh, so Charlie Chaplin sued the guy, not the company. You know, saying mm. that you know, claiming that, that that was his intellectual property. And during the trial, they argued that well, you know, Charlie Chaplin stole all the stuff from other actors and that mm-hmm. other vaudevillians, and he admitted that. But he said altogether, it's it's my. So it was actually kind yeah. of in the. Um, so they have. There's actually a, a pretty interesting picture of Ch- Chaplin when he's testifying at the trial and. Uh, also, you can find our website at commonhistory101.com of where Chaplin's on the stand, and behind him there's a there's a drawing mm-hmm. of Charles Charlie Applin. <laughs> so while they're arguing the case, so um, yeah, Chaplin had to go on stage and testify. And on July 11th, 1925, Superior Court of the State of California ruled in favor of Charlie Chaplin. So it was actually kind of a landmark intellectual property victory. You know, it was like one of the first things that had gone down. Um, in film, you know, about films. Yeah. yeah. Well, where Billy West, all his movies were were billed as Billy West movies. <laughs> this was just billed as Charlie Applin. <laughs> Capital A. <laughs> and and he looks exactly like him. Yeah. Yeah. So and not quite I watched a little bit of it. It's just he doesn't quite get it all, but you know, you'll you can see how old nineteen twenties people might be fooled. 
Oh, you saw like the Charlie Applin movie? Because I couldn't find it. Oh no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't find. It. They just have those little those film clips. I mean, not clips, the stills. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it was kind of like when the Beatles first hit it big in America, mm-hmm. and then there was all this like fake Beatle Herman's paraphrase. Hermits. Yeah, well, no, well, like that. What they would do, they would like they would record English bands and just make them kind of look like the Beatles and put them out and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it goes, you know, up until this day, it, you know, all that stuff goes down. When someone becomes big, then, like, say, the record company comes in and, you know, tries to package, you know, a band almost exactly like, or tries to mold them to be like that. And it's yeah. funny, I was watching uh, some BBC documentary when, like, Oasis hit it big. There was, like, all these really crappy bands <laughs> yeah. that looked exactly like Oasis. And you know that, you know, they were kind of pushed in that direction. Yeah, totally. Britpop, man. So, um, before we wrap up into the most famous or infamous Charlie Chaplin impersonator, uh, uh, Scott, what happened when the real-life Charlie Chaplin once entered a Charlie Chaplin look-alike contest? Oh, well, Harmon, I don't know uh, if I want to report this because, well, because I it just, I've heard so many differing stories. There's actually, um, in the one blog I pointed out to you, there's actually a pretty good, um, uh, what's the skeptical, um, I cast on this whole story where they, they, so yeah, case. let's, let's not say it's true. It's, right. it's, it's in urban legend, but, yeah. uh, it could be true. It might be, yeah, but I mean, you can see that would, might be something that Charlie Chaplin would have been would have found humorous, but there's actually this one blog, which we will link to again, to plug the article, comedyhistory101.com, um, where they kind of, they recount all the history of newspaper stories. You know, they mm-hmm. kind of do that urban legend tracing of the whole thing. And sure. they were just saying, yeah, it just, it, it kind of, they thought it was traced to one person's offhand remark in some paper in the UK. Yeah. Well, I heard two stories, like in 1915, when the United States had a major case of, Chaplinitis. Right. Uh, Charlie Chaplin uh, uh, contest, you know, popped up everywhere. And a young Bob Hope apparently won one Charlie Chaplin contest mm-hmm. in Cleveland. But the main story uh, was in 1975. So this is kind of like old Charlie Chaplin. Uh, he entered a, there was a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest in France. And he entered the contest thinking he was a shoe in and actually ended up winning third place. Oh, that's sad. Okay, that yeah, one's believed. That was that Chaplin's w- eyes probably threw off the judges since those baby blues couldn't be seen in black and white comedies. Yeah, so that was from a book called. That's actually quoted from in a book. That was Hollywood winners and losers from A to Z. So you can look that up yourself. And then probably the most notorious, infamous Charlie Chaplin impersonator, uh, Scott, uh, won Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, tell me about. Tell me <laughs> well, about. You, Armin. Well, first of all, you have the hacky comedians. We've heard this bit. Like you know, I was watching a Charlie Chaplin uh, movie last night, oh, and yeah. it turned <laughs> out to be a World War II documentary, yeah. oh, which man. we hear a lot. Uh, but uh, you know, there was actually like um, uh, you know they share the mustache that has been completely ruined in history. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the guys in Monty Python, they could do it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, Michael Jordan, I think, had one of those mustaches for a while. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so in 1938, uh, Charlie Chaplin made the movie The Great Dictator, 
which he played. Um, he played uh, the country was called Tomania's autocrat leader, uh, Adenoid Hinkle. At, right? Adenoid Hinkle, yes. Which which was a parody of Hitler. Yeah. So so wait a minute. So what are you saying that Hitler Hitler was a chaplain impersonator? What what is the point? Well, this? this is where it gets meta because it's like okay. uh, is. Was Hitler impersonating Chaplin or vice versa? But then Chaplin in this movie impersonates Hitler. Okay. All right. Okay. But the thing is, like, uh, I'll, I'll um, hear you out. Hitler was actually a Charlie Chaplin fan. Really? And would screen his films. And actually, I think he said he, he, he liked The Great Dictator. Okay. Well, that, that, uh, he was a big film fan. We do know that. Oh, so here's a. It said uh, there were rumors that Hitler was heartbroken to see Chaplin's impersonation of him. In one key scene, Chaplin's Hinkle's character bursts into tears after a, his balloon globe pops. Yeah, um, and the interesting thing is that um, uh, the G- Germany had officially banned all of Chaplin's films due to his alleged Jewishness or however they used to figure it out back in the old-timey days and the Nazi days. But, um, so, but you know, uh, that he Hitler loved Chaplin so much, he would screen his films. So, Scott, um, being that we're winding down here, any, any takeaways from fake, the history of fake Charlie Chaplins? <laughs> if you're going to be a fake Charlie Chaplin, don't call yourself Charlie Applin. <laughs> Or Arlie Chaplin. <laughs> or Ar- Arlie Chaplin. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say just for just a comedy history perspective, check out some of Billy West's uh, comedies on uh, uh, YouTube. You get to see, you know, kind of like that kind of surrealness of what if Charlie Chaplin co-starred with Oliver Hardy? I mean, I think that's the uh, kind of the, the, the main key thing. Um, the other even is that because he was putting out so many of these films and he never got, got targeted by a lawsuit or anything, is that that's why mm-hmm. we kind of know who he is still, you know? He's, his films kind of stuck around. Uh, Billy West? Yeah, yeah, as opposed to Charlie Applin, where you can't find a copy of that film anywhere. Well, I think that was part of the court cases. They destroyed yeah. the negatives. Yeah, okay. Which uh, you know, I would love to see Charlie Applin. I know, maybe <laughs> like, maybe one of it's our such hackery. I know, man. Maybe maybe one of our viewers out there has some Charlie Applin for us. Yeah, or, or the, yeah. the New York uh, Motion Picture and TV Museum, maybe. Man, maybe you should go dig up while you're you're digging up our episode of uh, of uh, Turn On that we're gonna smuggle out of there. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, I think it's t- I think that wraps up the history yeah, of was, fake Charlie Chaplins. Good. Yeah. yeah. So that means it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, Harmon, first and foremost, I uh, just want to let everybody out there know that uh, Harmon and I have another podcast called This is the President, where we talk about all things presidential. Um, uh, and we also have a... Uh, and we also have a YouTube channel that goes along with that, where you can find on YouTube at This is the President, where we also talk about all things presidential, but we also show them as well. So you can check out some of the last ones. I got a new one that actually is going to go up uh, this week, Harmon, that it's going to be, um, it's uh, President, uh, a just uh, impeached President Clinton dancing with the pointer, not, 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 with Sister Sledge, singing We Are Family. Yeah, well, if you're dancing <laughs> with Sister Sledge, what else are you going to be singing? 
You could be him? singing. No, there's the bugle oh, really? woogie boy of Company B and some others. Oh, <laughs> they have really? some other wow. names, dude. Yeah. Oh, and you also mean, they, the other, they have a big back catalog. Yeah, they do. They're they're all right. Uh, also, yeah. I think it was produced by um, the guy from Chic, Nile Nils Rogers. And, oh right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but big, the other big, interesting big thing. Producer. Yeah, the other interesting thing about this clip is that um, it's, it was like the week after Hillary Clinton got elected to be a senator. So it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a weird, obscure clip. Um, and it was like also right after he, the, he got cleared on the impeachment charges. So uh, from nineteen ninety eight, I believe. Anyway, it's on the YouTube channel. This is the president. Go stop by, check it out, listen to the podcast where you can find everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And then also, as far as films go, well. Harmon, oh, um, yeah, well, oh. let's let's just say that we we do have a new documentary short film coming out. We'll be premiering in the United States in April. Uh, we're not allowed to say anything quite yet until next Thursday. Until next Thursday, but when uh, it's announced, yes, be sure to uh, tune into the podcast, and you can find out where you can see uh, maybe me and Harmon in person. Well, definitely Harmon, and maybe even me in person when we screen our latest film. Hmm, I wonder if Robert hey. De Niro will be Hey, this. don't Whoa, just cut that out. The festival. Cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. And for me, what I have to plug away is next Friday, March 6th, 11 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater in New the York pit. City. The pit. I will be doing my show, Jokey Oki, stand-up oh comedy karaoke in a game show, in a three-round game show. So come on out and see the world-famous Jokey Oki at... The People's Improv Theater. Oh my God. And with that, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. Oh, shit, we got some viewer mail. Should we do that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's here, the viewer mail. So be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or our website, Comedy History 101. We will read your comments on the air. And with that, we actually have a comment from one... Peter F. Johnson on our history of South Park Spirit of Christmas. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's a little little bit of a bitter rant, he says. Okay, uh, all right. I worked my ass off for them on a short called The Still Within and was originally cast to play the guy that sings Let's Build a Snowman in Cannibal. So that would be the oh, Cannibal. Wow. Uh, the uh, movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the student film that uh, uh, Matt and Trey made. And he says, he goes on to say, they either decast me because I was too old or because I voiced my opinion on parts of the script that I thought could be funnier. In either case, they never spoke to me again after they made it and never tossed me a bone, let me do a voice, anything, even though I sent their producers a lot of what I was doing over the years. So that's a <laughs> kind of a Angry comment man. from our, yes. our, our listener, Peter F. Johnson. On our episode on the history of South Park Spirit of Christmas. And with that, thank you for tuning in. And we will be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.